Hi. Good morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started June 27th. I tell you, God has a lot to say. He knows he has this select audience and he is feeding us with his word. Wait till you see. Dedicating this podcast to all of you that are listening because we are doing exactly what God wants us to do. We are praying to him. So let us begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, God. Good morning. You're ushering in another day untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday. And let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight. For I can't walk alone. Amen. As I open up my Bible at the start of each day, I lift my eyes to heaven and I most sincerely pray, Lord, open up my heart and mind to hear these words today. I want to understand you, Lord. Please hear these words, I pray. These stories that were written so many years ago hold the way to my salvation. Your word has told me so. I thank you for my life, Lord, the blessings of your son, for your family, friends, and neighbors. I love them, everyone. And when I close my eyes, Lord, at the ending of each day, I will praise my Father up in heaven for the gifts he sent my way, for the universe he created and the lives of those I love. There is nothing greater in my life than my love for God above. Amen. While we have these Bibles open, we're going to do Proverbs 27. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, an outsider, not your own lips. Stone is heavy and sand a burden but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Like a bird that flees its nest is anyone who flees from home. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you, 
better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Be wise, my son, and bring joy to my heart. Then I can answer anyone who treats me with contempt. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if it is done for an outsider. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The one who guards a fig tree will eat its fruit, and whoever protects their master will be honored. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are human eyes. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but people are tested by their praise. Though you grind a fool in a mortar, grinding them like grain with a pestle, you will not remove their folly from them. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. For the riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed and new growth appears, and the grass from the hills is gathered in, the lambs will provide you with clothing, and the goats with the price of a field. You will have plenty of goat's milk to feed your family and to nourish your female servants. Amen. Those are God's marching orders for us, and we're so much wiser because of them. Stay with us. Be right back with more prayers. In the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, it says, how can I have God's peace? The key element in true lasting peace is the presence of God. Isaiah says to God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Christ is our peace. His presence is the presence of peace within us. And so Jesus declares, in me, you may have peace. What is this peace? It is an inner sense of contentment and quietness, regardless of life circumstances. It is steadfast confidence in your ever faithful, immutable heavenly father. It is the presence of joy in the midst of happiness. True peace does not merely dull our pain, 
A person who has genuine godly peace can endure an avalanche of hardship and difficulty and still enjoy an inner peace that surpasses all human understanding. Why? Because it does not come from pleasant circumstances, nice events, or good things others may do for us. Instead, it is based on the fact that the spirit of our holy, omnipotent, and never-changing God lives within us. Does enjoying God's perfect peace mean that you'll never feel the effects of the storms that are raging around you? Hardly. But his peace is complete, adequate, and sufficient for anything you face. Keep in mind three keys to experiencing sustained peace. Number one, focus on God. Perfect peace comes when you fix your mind on God. You must discipline yourself to meditate on God's presence and work. When you spend time concentrating on a problem, does it not seem to grow bigger? In the same way, you will have greater sense of God's presence and provision as you fix your mind on Him. Number two, trust Him. You never have to worry about God acting too late or providing insufficient help. His timing and purposes are perfect. In fact, he uses your tribulations to reveal more of himself to you. His word is is full of rock-solid promises, many of which involve granting you peace. Know that he will always honor them. And three, meditate on his word. Psalm 119 emphasizes that those who love God's word have great peace. Your most precious material possession is your Bible. Every believer should love God's word and feast on it daily. If you love it, you're going to believe what it says, and then it will guide and anchor your life. Amen. That is how we can have God's peace. Amen. And now God's gifts. I asked God to give me happiness and God said no. He said that he gives me blessings. Happiness is up to me. I asked God to take away my pride and God said no. He said it is not for him to take away, but for me to give up. I asked God to spare me pain, and God said no. He said suffering draws you apart from worldly cares and brings you closer to me. I asked God to grant me patience, and God said no. He said, patience is a byproduct of tribulations. It isn't granted, it is earned. I asked God to make my spirit grow. God said, no. He said, I must grow on my own, but he would prune me to make me fruitful. I asked God for all things that I might enjoy life. And God said, no. He said, I gave you life, 
that you may enjoy all things. I ask God to help me love others as much as he loves me. And God said, finally, my child, you have the idea. Amen. How powerful. Stay with us. We'll be back with more prayers. Your unique relationship with God. Luke 11 says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples had certainly seen Jesus's persistence in prayer, but the idea that they could go into prayer and then come back with an answer they needed was new. Certainly they were aware of the patriarchs had prayed and conversed with God just as Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden, but those individuals were special, weren't they? God had called them into those unique relationships with himself. Could it really be that God wanted the same kind of relationship with each of his disciples? Well, Jesus taught them the answer was yes. Can you please repeat this prayer after me? Father, you see me. And you know me. And you will never forget me. You have engraved my name on the palm of your hand. Before you formed me in my mother's womb, you knew me. I am yours and you are mine. I will not doubt your love for me. I am your sheep and you laid down your life for me. There is no greater love than that. So thank you, Father, for your extravagant love for me. You protect me. You guide me. You crown me with favor. Like the psalmist, I will sing of your love forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And now prayers from the wilderness. I like it if you close your eyes and bow your head. Father, it is my desire to please you with my life and to fulfill your plan for my life. As I grow in your word, I am beginning to feel a closeness to you I know is crucial to my being. And as my connection to you increases, I have a desire to be shaped, molded, and developed by you and for you. I am grateful for your sovereign power over my life. When I feel disconnected and frayed, I can depend upon you for hope and guidance. I realize being attached to you prevents me from getting off course. 
Father, I am not without a longing for my perfect life. However, the more I absorb your word and experience your love, I long to pursue the greater gifts of the kingdom, the gifts you have placed inside me to be used for your glory. Lord, I pray you birth what has been placed inside me so I do not live a life of being full and pregnant. Bless me to deliver and to be fruitful. Without this fulfillment, my life will be empty. Help me to rest in the faith that you have a time to bring this to pass. As I wait for you, please provide me with the steps of spiritual growth. Continue to prepare me for new beginnings. And Father, please be merciful. Periodically allow me to experience a portion of my restoration. Then remind me my task is to believe, pray, and grow in your word. Your role as the sovereign power in my life is to speak my newness into full existence. Because you are a God who keeps his word, Father, I will wait with great expectations and comfort. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And God's purposes for your life, says Psalm 107, he caused the storm to be still. He guided them to their desired haven. This is our safe passage. The storms of life can make you feel off course and unsure of your direction. This was certainly the case for the disciples as they sailed on the Sea of Galilee and ran into a battering gale. They couldn't gauge their direction and they doubted they would survive. Yet during that storm, Jesus showed his ability to protect the disciples even as the tempest whirled around them. Often during the storms, we are convinced that the elements will sink us just as Peter when he stepped out of the boat. However, the one who directs the wind and waves can stop their effect on us and rescue us. Likewise, Jesus demonstrated his sovereignty and he was fully in charge of every detail of what the disciples were experiencing. In this, you can take heart. Jesus knows exactly how fierce the storm is, where you are in the storm, and where he wants to take you after the storm. Amen. The one who died in your place because of his awesome love is the one who holds your future, controls the direction of your life, and will not let you down. So turn to him in the storm, trust him, and have confidence that he will bring you to your destination. Jesus, I trust you in the tempest. Thank you for bringing me safely to the right destination always. Amen. Stay with us. Be right back. God had a lot to say to us today, and I'm just so glad that 
We are perched to listen and receive it. Here's a good one. It says, God will forgive. Psalm 51, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Do you believe that God can't forgive you for something you've done? Even a long time ago? If so, know that those thoughts are actually from your enemy, the devil. He will do almost anything to make us think God hates us and won't forgive us. One of his favorite tricks is to encourage us to keep dredging up the sins of the past, and he uses our memory of them to condemn us and tell us how terrible we are. That is why the Bible calls the devil the accuser of our brethren but his accusations are false. Here is the truth. If you have honestly turned to Jesus and asked him to forgive you, then you are forgiven totally and absolutely. When Jesus died on the cross, every sin you ever committed, every one was placed on him. He died to pay the penalty for our sins. So don't believe your emotions and don't let the memories of your past defeat you. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That is God's promise to you. And God does not lie. He doesn't lie, Diane. Amen. I'll be back to close out the podcasts. Stay with us. I'll leave you today with these words and a little story. Uh, This one is trust and obey. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And this is from hope from each day. Some years ago, someone gave a little boy a dollar and he brought it to his dad saying, Daddy, keep this for me. But a few minutes later, he came back and said, Daddy, I'd better keep my own dollar. And he tucked it in his pocket and went out to play. In a few minutes, he came back with tears in his eyes saying, Daddy, I lost my dollar. Help me find it. How often we commit our burdens to the Lord and then fail to trust him by taking matters into our own hands. Mm -hmm. Then we've messed things up. We pray, oh Lord, help me. I'm in trouble. The choice is yours. Do you want to trust your life in God's pocket or keep it in your own? The Bible's promise is true. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Amen. Simple as that. Thank you for coming to pray with me today. I hope all your blessings continue because they've already been started. 
Have a glorious day. Stay close to the Lord. Check in with him often. And I'll see you tomorrow.